Welcome to Tales in Our Time. I'm Janet. And I'm George. And today's episode is our Mother's Day episode. This was in March in the UK and a couple of weeks ago in the US. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I did have a happy Mother's Day. Oh, just as an aside. Sorry. I'm very glad to hear it. Good. Um, so, speaking as a mother... Speaking as a mother... Which is a line that we took from one of Bill Bailey's stand-up bits, which kind of means you can say what you like with no consequences. Um, I'm a I mother. Thank you, George. I So, speaking as a mother, I would like to dedicate this episode to my mother... Dee Newman, who left this world a better place than when she found it. And she introduced me to literature and my road to becoming a narrative nerd. Absolutely. All the love to Granny and more on her later. Um, first, Mum, let's talk some news in literature, yeah? Sure. Uh, one of the biggest things happening right now in the world of writing is the WGA strike... Um, obviously we stand with the strikers. We don't really, you know, we're not union members or anything, but just in terms of solidarity, um, the AMPTP is going absolutely bananas. Um, the WGA has proposed, uh, a 429 million gain, uh, for the writers and the AMPTP has cut that down to 86 million. So we can kind of see. Doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound great. It's not great negotiating, especially considering that in 2000, like industry profits went from 5 billion to 28 to 30 billion between 2017 and 2021. It seems like they have the cash to spare. So why wouldn't they share? If they've got it to spare. Because they're greedy twats. Anyway, so, you know, stick with the writers. I know I'm sure a lot of people are, are beginning to feel the burn as more and more projects get delayed or, or pushed back from production. Uh, let it be known. It is. It's on the studios. They can make that deal whenever they want. The WGA has been very clear about what they need. And it's just a livable wage. And I have to say, and this is as a, you know, not being Speaking anything, as a mother? Speaking as mother, but um, completely separate from that whole industry. Just do the right fucking thing. Do you know what I mean? You can do it. This is what ticks me off about, like, the corporate world, people, the haves, if you like, is they are in a position mm -hmm. to make a change and they just don't. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. let's bring th bring things down to basic, simple terms. Just do the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's my bit of news. What do you okay. got? Okay, I got a little bit of news. Um, <clears throat> I was just scrolling the internet and I saw a brief uh, piece by uh, the journalist was uh, Meg Warren Lister. She's uh, writing for the Independent in the United States and she wrote a review short review by a book called Topics of Conversation by Miranda Popke which is a narrative about uh, conversations um, and it's sort of framed with a narrator 
looking at, at different uh, individuals over a period of like two decades. So, um, and this is directly from the article. So make sure I give credit where credit's due. Uh, so this novel scrutinizes the social geometry. I love that. Having Ooh, had some math, math uh, background, I love throwing math words into things where they don't necessarily belong, but I really like that. Social geometry, um, how people express their hopes and desires, the set of vignettes which explore the way women learn, embody and reviews, refuse sorry, various cultural expectations, how we signify the results of these processes to others, which kind of feeds into a lot of things we're going to talk about today with mothers in stories. Um, and she yeah, goes on definitely. to say, by interrogating the stories we tell ourselves and those we tell only to strangers, which are two very separate things. It's like our public face and our private face. She shines mm. uh, Miranda Popke, who is the author again, um, shines a light on how desires emerge and why it sometimes surprises us recognizing the way that people uh, feel about what they want. Um, she spans the rape fantasy, which I'm not sure I feel about the word fantasy being put in with the word rape, but I understand what she's talking about. Uh, female mm -hmm. pain, consent, consent and motherhood. Uh, it's a reflection of how desire can coagulate or, you know, mold into Negative emotions like envy and self-loathing and goodness me, this is a biggie shame, you know. That sounds phenomenal. So I, might, I think I might that have is, to pick that up just yeah. off of the description. Yeah. So um, that is topics of conversation by Miranda Popke, and I'm definitely going to look out for that one. Um, and that was reported about four days ago in the Independent, so it must be quite current. It doesn't say the date of publication, but yeah, there you go. Awesome. So that's, that's that. beautiful. And it does really tie into what we're talking about today. It really uh, does. Before we jump on that, why don't we talk about what we're reading real quick? Yeah. What are you reading, George? Uh, I've just started something that is also really uh, prescient for, or really topical for what we're talking about today. I'm reading The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan. Uh, it might be Jessamine. Apologies if I uh, mispronounce that. But you it's a... It's a story about a mother, Frida Liu, who is, um, she's uh, going through it a little bit. She feels her career isn't worthy uh, of her immigrant parents' sacrifices. Um, her husband is maybe being unfaithful. I'm not, like, that far into it yet. But uh, it's definitely, like, unhappiness at home. And from what I understand at the, uh, like, from the sleeve notes, it goes on to there's like a government entity that uh, starts taking notes on how the stresses of her life are affecting her ability to perform as a mother. Oh, so, whoa. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is so topical. When, when was that book published? What's the date on it, George? Uh, really recently, I think. Let me double check. 2022, yeah. 2022. And how current is that? Because... You know, governments recently not wanting to get off topic too much, Ooh, but you know, it's on topic. The whole go away Roe v. Wade thing. Governments are interfering with women's roles as mothers or not mothers. So yeah. 
That's really current. Interesting. Okay. So that was the So I will let you know how that goes. Yeah. What are you reading, Mum? Well, so here's a big shout out. Oh, gosh. You know what I'm going to say. So this week I read a story, a short story, maybe a novella, you could call it, um, called Bottomless by my son, speaking as a mother. My son, George, wrote this story, Bottomless, which I believe he has submitted to somewhere. I don't know all the details. Please excuse me. Mothers do that. Um, (laughs) Speaking as a mother, I'm allowed to forget about the details of my children's lives. But so I I read this. (laughs) That is true. Yeah. I mean, we do it. But um, I read this story, Bottomless, by George. Um, It's a... Sort of horror fantasy. It's not my chosen genre, I will be honest, but it was so well written. Um, It's based around, against the background of an archaeological dig, sort of gone awry, but it's the characters are all these sort of um, fantasy type characters. um, And the detail, uh, the main character is Nico who's like this young woman and sort of her journey through um, her role in this archaeological dig. Um, I can't say enough about it. Obviously, as a mother, I am very (laughs) proud to know that one of my children has written something um, uh, over 20,000 words. I mean, goodness me. I only wrote 10,000 for my dissertation, so whatever. Uh, But... (laughs) Uh, so, yeah, I read that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's uh, really rich in description. Um, the character, the main character, Nico, is very l- sort of lovely. I I feel like it brought out some of the maternal feelings in me because she's the youngest one in the list of characters. And so you want to kind of, you know, reach out to her. That's kind of how it made me feel. And it was just a really good read. So, yay, go, George. Oh, well, thank you. That's what I'm reading. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's, I'm really glad you liked it. Uh, I will, obviously, if anything uh, happens with that submission, I will be screaming about it, certainly uh, on an episode of uh, this particular show. But um, we will have to wait and see. Thank you so much for reading it, Mom. It means means a great deal. Uh, It's... The first thing in a while that I felt really passionate about. And that is a really powerful feeling in 2023 to feel passionate about something. That is, it's a shocker. And it honestly made me lose sleep in a good way, you know. Um, And in a real, very serious way, it's all thanks to you that I even started writing at all. So thank you. Well, speaking as a mother, I'm going to stop saying that because I know it must get really irritating, but it is a Mother's Day episode. Uh, There is no finer moment, speaking as a mother, to hear your children uh, find such pleasure in something so creative and um, so good job. And with that, I'm going to move on. All right, then. Okay, so funny you should say that, that it is all down to me. Ha, ha, ha. Gosh, I'm, I'm a great mother. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. Okay. Let's just let go of that. So we are going to jump into the past section of today's podcast uh, about mothers and our journey in literature and seeing mothers in literature and what led us there. So the past, for me personally, my mum was a huge reader. She was 
um, a great character in her own right, in her own story, as we all should be. Hmm. Um, my house growing up was always full of books. Um, oh, she yeah. encouraged me to read all the time. And it was almost, um, I don't know if you, innate, maybe, because it wasn't really that conscious. It wasn't like she constantly ran around the house saying, read a book, read a book, read a book. It was just she made books available to me. She, um, like, one of the first series of books I ever read was the Little Women books, which she bought. Mm. And um, and she'd read and she was aware of, so we could talk about it. Um, she encouraged me to use the local library, which in, you know, rural England was just like a very small room at the bottom of a clock tower. You know, we, <laughs> I used to stop on my way home from school and there'd be nobody else in <laughs> it was obviously in the village of readers, but maybe it's just like at school letting out time, people weren't in there. But there was like a small room, maybe on a hundred square feet or something. It wasn't wasn't terribly big. And I yeah. remember the librarian, Mrs. Sweet. There was only one librarian, and she'd just be sat behind the desk, and I had my little library card, and I would check books out, and then they would put the insert in my library card, and then they'd know who had that book. Um and yeah, so so my mum was key in my reading journey. Um, yeah, like I said, Little Women. I remember her read. Um, there was a book fair at school, and she bought me the set of the Narnia books, which you know, love them or hate them, they are good uh, literature. Uh, I oh, really yeah. enjoyed them as a kid. Um, so you know, she, my mother was very key in my reading journey um and in adulthood when we were sort of ocean an ocean apart basically we were reading across the atlantic we would share books i mean one of the books i remember sharing with her as an adult really was one of the key books was angela's ashes which you know mm. I don't know if you frank mccormack i think was the author it's quite an intense book one of the only really books sad had, yeah ever made me actually cry while I was reading it. But um mm. but that was one of the books that we shared shared together. And Angela's Ashes obviously has got a very um one of the protagonist main protagonist is a mother. So yeah. um yeah so that's that's sort of my past reading um and the involvement of my mother George. What about you? Oh <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's funny. It, it leads into, in a very real way, uh, your your uh, uh, earlier, pa later past, and then your present. Um, okay. Because you, your mother not only uh, brought reading into your skill set, but also taught you to be a mother who gives reading as a part of a skill set. I Oh, yeah. Like... The, the, what you said before about reading almost being, it's like presumed. It's, mm -hmm. it's like innate. It isn't a, it isn't something you were never like, well, we have to read books because it's how you get smart. It was just like, oh, well, what are you doing? You, you know, you got, you got free time. You know, read a book. Like you, you, it's, it's just a way of expanding your mind while staying in one place. Um, and you know that <clears throat> I do. So I do have a uh, sort of core memory being a little, little kid. I, I don't know if it was in a car seat or maybe it must've been a little older than that, but I would read billboards uh, from the back seat <laughs> of the car. 
Uh, and I remember one time at least, I must have been like young because it was, you know, it was like a single sentence off a billboard. Um, but I remember being complimented on how good my reading was getting and then going, right, that's me then. This is the thing I do. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do <laughs> no. forever. This is my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like, you know, childhood was all, all books all the time. I was reading with you constantly. Um, I was getting books from you all the time. I know that we read, like, the Harry Potter series together, Artemis Fowl. Gregor the Overlander is such a pivotal series. I never thought that got enough recognition over. I love that series. It really didn't. It's because they don't like bugs, and I get it. But that's why I immediately wrote a story about bugs. Um, you know, <laughs> reading Aragon together, we're both, like... I remember both being, I don't know, it was just like such a, such a human interaction thing. You know what I mean? Like the, when, when everyone was making the big fuss about how Polini had written Aragon at 15, you know, it was cool for my mom and I to both look at each other and go, wow, that kid wrote that and he was only 15. You know, that's yeah. like such a, Bastard. what a bonding experience. Yeah. Bam, son of a. <laughs> I mean, you know, kudos. No, no disrespect to no, uh, no, no, no. But also, but, fuck you. But yeah, no, I'm just I kidding. He 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 listens. He loves the show. So you know, just kidding, Chris. <laughs> um, come on, sometime we'll have you on. We'd love to interview you <laughs> and talk about your massive brain. Um, anyway, uh, but no, like you know, so there was a lot of reading together, and I also I do want to you know this is the Mother's Day episode, and this is obviously our primary focus for the day, but I want to shout out Dad as well. So many trips to the library, you know, like weekend time, that was time to go together and and just see all the libraries in our county essentially like we would go to like four libraries in a day yeah driving for hours <laughs> that's true i mean daddy does and did love going to the library um maybe we want to save that thought for another day oh if yeah we... yeah yeah we'll talk about that more for okay. sure later but in like that that sort of all of the tools to become a lifetime reader uh, were really instilled and in a really presumed way, in a way that didn't feel like, you know, I was I was never like, oh, got to get back to reading. I love it. I missed it when when I was working too much to be reading. I missed it. And every time I get back into a book that sucked, like just really sucks me in, uh, I, it's 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 like making a new friend. Uh, it is. It is a the perfect. Experience. Oh, you're just an old romantic, George. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't deny it. Um, but also, you know, and then to taking that past a little further into the present, sharing books now as adults, like we we read together quite often. I think I've still got. Um, I've read. I still have to do uh, Norhaven. That's the one of oh. Mark Jackson's that I haven't gotten through yet. But, um, That's you know, book. like, yeah, trading back and forth all the time, get Piranesi. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. So, yeah, so that, the, and so that's my pre passed into the present and, and just really recognizing, thank you, mom. You know, this, I, I think it is, it's one of the grounding principles of my personality. Yeah, and it's me. not necessarily um, what people might see as a mothering skill. You know, I think perhaps it's part sure. of nurturing, but um, 
I think we can both recognise the narrative of our mothers in our reading um, journey and development. Blah, 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 blah. That's great. <laughs> Yay! Mothers are great. Speaking Yay, as mothers. A mother, Okay. That's another great one from Hot Fuzz when he turns that corner and goes, Oh, you mothers. And it's just all those ladies with prams. All the mothers walking around. <laughs> yeah. It's all just all of... <laughs> our favorite bits about mothers are the jokes. Yes. <laughs> the but bits that we have. with. No, of course. Always. Always with. Okay. Um, um, I think that brings us up to present, right? Do you want to... Why don't we start talking about, like, what are... We've talked about, I think, you know, there, there are mothers in the Little Women series and, and Gregor's mom is certainly present in that yeah. series. Um, but what are some of, like, can you think of some, like, more present uh, mother characters that were really iconic for you or, or just, like, pop to mind at once? Okay, so some that popped to mind, I, I think about, um, <laughs> like, so... Go into like YA or children's literature. I think about Roald Dahl and the way that he um, represented mothers, and oh, yeah. a lot a lot of his mothers were quite dark. You know, I mean, and they weren't necessarily mothers. They were often children who didn't have mothers, and so there was mother figures who were pretty shit at mothering. You know, but there was always like some honey in the background that came in and picked up the slack. Um, so, and I think that was part of his shtick, you know, like he, he sort of created these um, unpleasant scenarios, but there was always a sweetener at the end that came and brought it in. I think about things like, mm. you know, the mother in Matilda, she wasn't oh, yeah. terribly on it. Think about James no. <laughs> James and the giant peach with, um, what were they called, something in the Spiker? Aunts? Sponger and yes. Spiker? Yes, the, yeah. His yeah. aunt? Yeah, what is it? That's so funny. I have to I look think, that up. Now, I think it was It might be like both. It. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was two. I don't two think... aunts, but they weren't very nice to him. And then you know he got to um, meet all the the creatures who took him away in the peach, and he sailed off for the golden shores of New York. So up yours. And they, I think there were some mothers in there. You know. Yes. Yes. I think maybe was there a ladybug and a spider everywhere. Mm -hmm. Ah, and you know Indeed. what? I'm just thinking about fantastical mothers. I think about um, Charlotte in Charlotte's Web. You know? Oh, yeah. And That's, how a, great, she sort that's of, a great example. She mothered um, Wilbur, the pig, you know, and then she yeah. became a mother herself, but she died. Oh, yeah. Which is also, in a way, sort of prototypical of some mother characters. You know, there's... Well, we'll talk about that a little bit. No, okay. actually, I think now's the time. Oh, now's the like, time. We, now's the time. Now's the time. Oh, gosh, we're moving to the next section of the discussion. Well. No, I'm kidding. Um, I was just going to say, like, that's such a, what a great point to bring up Charlotte, like, looking at when, what you have to do to be a mother character. You know, like, you, you, raising, raising, um... What's the pig's name? Wilbur. Babe? Wilbur. Wilbur. Not babe. That's babe. Um, you know, raising Wilbur and then also 
had to like birth literal children and then you know she was able to pass away because there was like a biological as well as a psychological component to it yeah like there's a so there's there's certain expectations right for maternal figures in narratives and i think charlotte's web is a great example and i don't think lewis carroll is that who's that author charlotte's web Charlotte's Web was E.B. White. E.B. White. Dang it. I'm just getting all children's books mixed up. Uh, Lewis well. Carroll was the giver. Lewis Carroll wrote Alice in Wonderland. Gosh. Wow, I'm really... Lois Lowry now. wrote The Giver. Lois Lowry. Okay, oh thank God. At least it was kind of close. Ugh. Okay, uh, anyway. But like talking about... Several decades, but go on. No, no, I just mean like the word, the shape of the words. Oh, so yeah. I'm yeah, stupid, shaped. so it's all right learner. if I. Yeah, I'm a visual learner, <laughs> looking out the car window and reading billboards. <laughs> um, no, we were talking about um, like you know, E. B. White writing Charlotte that way. That's not necessarily a bad thing it makes her really recognizable as a mother you know we we know for sure you you know we hadn't even talked about charlotte's web as much before we got on mic that for that to have popped up like that that's a credit to eb using the stereotype well but it's also that was a like a little while ago now and we have had such a proliferation in the accessibility of media and now I think it's really important that we look at those stereotypes. You know, we have to be careful because mother characters seem to only fall into one of two care categories. It's either iconic or traumatic. Yeah. It's so perfect that she doesn't isn't a human and she doesn't really talk in the story, aside from to say generic mother lines, or she's evil and we dehumanize her, we hate her. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, so, well, I don't want to cut you off because that was valid. No, I was I was oh. going to say you brought a uh, story up earlier that was a great example of this. Oh, well, before I get on to that, I just want to think about other mothers that stand out to me in literature. Um, you talked about Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. So the what, other mother. What do you think about that mother? Because that... That was like a a bit for somebody who's not a big uh, sci-fi fan. I don't know. Does Neil Gaiman fall under sci-fi fantasy? Yeah, maybe? like fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 difficult when you make fantasy that like exists in a world with electricity. <laughs> People yeah. are like, well, now this is different. But there were two sides to that story, weren't there? Because she goes through what is it? Some kind of portal or something to another world. Yeah, the coolest tunnel in the world. The way I want to crawl into bed every night for the rest of my life. Okay. And so she's got the mother on that side. <laughs> yeah. Who is like... The other freak, mother. Freakishly nurturing and giving her, oh, all the things and everything's exactly. so lovely. And then she's got a real mother who is just... Is a bit doing, of a dick. Is she... So, okay. So I, I don't remember the complete <laughs> details but is it, so is her real mother a complete dick or is she just a regular dick? She's a regular dick. She's just a regular person dick. Like, you know, they just went through a move and her yeah. daughter is bugging her constantly. She's an only child, so she expects a lot of attention. This is a lot of psychoanalysis. Like, Nico, N- Nico, <laughs> Nicole Gaiman. Uh, Neil Gaiman didn't oh, write Coraline. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mixed the... Nicole Gaiman didn't write Neil LaLine um, to, you know, say all this stuff. But I, I think he did definitely write the other mother with, like, the stereotypes in mind. Because to your point, she's freakishly nurturing. You get over there and everything is done for you. You know, like, she has a cake for you. She has new clothes. We're going to spend yeah. time together. Yeah. And the other mother... The real mother, not the other mother, the mother is witty and a little caustic. You know, she's sharp, so sometimes she says stuff that isn't particularly nice. And she works. And she's working, so she's very busy and stressed. Yeah, Um, and so does the dad. You know, they're both working, so the house is, like, in disarray sometimes. Like, there's... It's a, it's a really good comparison of the two, right? Like, just because a mother is nurturing does not mean she is the best option for you. You know, like, just because a mother is a person as well does not mean that she is not a good mother for you. And, I you know, I think that's a, yeah, Coraline's a, a great one. But I need you now. You I need you to, we need to talk about, talk about Kevin. Okay, well, just okay, just to finish that little bit off. One, one thing, one thing. Okay, with we the Coraline, but later. I think that Car- the Coraline example uh, really sort of like was a really good illustration of what we are sort of thinking with mothers mm-hmm. in literature is that they're either one thing or another, you know. And as we know in real life, people are very complicated, and that might be considered a huge generalization, but I just want to put it out there. Um, but moving on, yes. So we did talk about, uh, we need to talk about Kevin by Lionel Shriver, who I have to say, I have read a lot of Lionel Shriver's books and I think she's incredibly talented. Um, yes, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But we need to talk about <laughs> Kevin. I read so the book. Loaded. I read the book before um, they made the movie because a lot of people might not be familiar with the book, but it, it was a book first, obviously. Um, and the mother in that is just so, I want to say tragic, but she's not tragic because she fights. She fights the whole time, you know. So mm-hmm. if you don't know the story, you know, it's about a school shooting, this, you know, traditional family, mum, dad, son, daughter, Um through an uh, unfortunate series of events. Oh, there's another book title. Sorry. Um, but, she, you know, her son ends up shooting up his high school. He also takes out his father and his sister, and he gets put in jail for it. Again, reminder, this is just a story, but we know yeah. school shootings happen. Um, yeah, it's, it's but his mother's intense. kind it's of a hard left. One to get there. Yeah. His mother's kind of left from being like a traditional mother role who who works. I think I'm pretty sure the character works um, to being like the 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 target of everything that her son has done. Well, you know, obviously nobody would want to be in jail, I'm sure, in a book or otherwise. But he's in jail doing hard time for the crimes he committed. Whereas his mother is dealing with all of the consequences of that in the world and there's just no way she can win. It doesn't matter what she does. She visits him in jail. She kind of lives in in this, um, not hermit-like, but closed-in world where she's, 
you know, she doesn't live in the family home anymore. That all went away. And she lives in this little um, house and people graffiti her house and abuse her. And, and it's like you have, I think for me, reading the book, you couldn't but sympathise with her. You couldn't but sympathise with her, which I think is a really, um, is demonstrative of a really well-written character, but also mm. it symbolises the way that we look at people in those circumstances. We, we sort of demonise this person who was just doing her best as a mother. And, and I think that it, it sort of, uh, it, it affects the way that we see real people in the world. You know, not obviously, you know, we always try and make a clear distinction between fiction and reality. Sometimes it's challenging, but um, but it, it's just like there was no way she could win. This character couldn't win because her son yeah. had done these terrible things. And obviously, what does the world do when they see that? They say, well, it must have been the mother's fault, you know? Yeah. You get all the responsibility. She and gets like all the yeah. none of the grace of no. like being a different person. And so uh, <clears throat> I didn't want to focus just on this book, but I do think that it it sort of illustrates well the way that we are prepared to generalise our opinion of a specific situation and individuals that are involved. So, um, yeah. you know, and I think that leads us to, this is us talking about the present, how we see mothers in narratives, but it does lead us into um, looking at how narratives influence the we the way we see mothers in the world and you know and, and what is a mother who is a mother who do you class as a mother and you know why 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 can we not give them sort of like not unconditional love but sort of like the respect for just doing what they can and doing the best they can because that's all that we all, all can do speaking as a mother yeah Speaking as a mother, speaking as a human, you know, it's yeah. absolutely. I think we, the world certainly, you know, because of a male dominant heteronormative society, like mothering is a, a it's like a thing women achieve as compared to a skill. Yeah, like congrats, you Achieved you made a baby. Motherhood. It's like, yeah, it's very difficult. Um, I mean, in which fairness, it to is. some people, it is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, full full respect to everyone uh, going through any sort of fertility. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, it should be known that mothering is a skill that might be innate or it might be learned. It might be something that you pick up just because you are nurturing and. It doesn't matter if you have children from your body, if children come into your family from someone else's body or from another family, or if you're a maternal figure in a community, or, you know, if you are the lead drag queen in a drag house as a drag mother, or like if you do the type of mothering that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence do, who were just banned from the Dodgers Pride Parade, which is whack. You know, mothering is far more expansive than the limited narrative that we often 
plug it into. Yeah. I mean, you know, mothering, being a mother isn't just, you know, producing something in your body. It's not reproduction. And also, um, I also think that we have to remember that mothers, women are fallible, you know, people mm -hmm. are fallible. And as such, we can't lay the weight of the world at their feet. You know, on one hand, we're saying, yay, yeah. congratulations, you produced a child. And then as soon as anything goes awry or wrong, we're saying, oh, you fucker, you did that. You screwed up that kid because of something you, you failed. Did. Yeah, you failed. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge, horrible, huge word. Yuck, 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 yuck. Um, yeah, disgusting. So, yeah. Yeah, and it, it you know, we're going to, we want to close out with some more atypical mothers. Uh, but yeah. as is Going often forward. the point. Yeah, but as is often the point, like at the end of our future section, we just want to remind all of our narrative nerds out there, we love narrative so much. But they only help you understand. They are not your understanding. Narratives make it easy to be entertained. They should not replace your sense of reasoning and your own perception and critical thinking. Yeah. Because... I mean, things we've read or things we are fed. Just get that Ooh. in there because it rhymes. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> I got it in there. Do you like that, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, um, that's good. Okay. Bars. But um, should I think they should um, widen your perception of reality, but they should mm. not affect your rational thinking brain. You know, right? narratives are inspiring and entertaining, but then they're not life. Life is so much more complicated. Yeah, and harder. the real world is... Yeah, it's not easy. You're not supposed to be able to look at something and understand it at once. You have to ask questions. Uh, but I just want, you know, like that's that's why we love to look at narrative so much yeah. because of how important it is, because of how all-encompassing it is. Mum, do you have uh, an atypical mother in literature you were looking at? Well, uh, so not so much in literature. Um, I think some of the ones we've talked about are atypical, you know, like the, what do they call it when you give animals human characteristics? Anthropomorphizing. Well, so we've looked at some of those, you know, the Charlotte's Web thing and even the Roald Dahl stuff where he's got insects taking care of James. But also I was thinking about a podcast I listened to recently called Blood on the Dance Floor, which was actually about a murder in Belfast, Northern Ireland, um, many years mm. ago. And I just wanted to mention it simply because there is one part of that story. Um, so though homosexuality wasn't made uh, legal until 1982, I think, in Northern Ireland, which absolutely blew my mind for a start. But also, so... There was a club in Belfast called Parliament. I think that's what it was called. And it came up in this podcast. And it was like a, a social centre for the LBGTQ community. And there were, you know, and so there were people of, you know, gay, um, transgender. And so there was a you know, a community of drag queens there as well. And mm -hmm. as atypical mothers and this is i know it's kind of took me a long time to get to this point but the point <laughs> of it right. was that 
as part of that story, there were these um, drag queens who welcomed and supported. And they weren't I just from this story. So this isn't um, a blanket statement, but they supported young men who were dealing with their sexuality and struggling with it. And they weren't what you class as typical mothers, but I think they were still mothers in their own rights. So that's my atypical yeah. for the end of that, George. I love that. Mm. I, I'm just going to, um, because uh, I know that she just released an announcement for her new book. Um, uh, Gretchen Felker Martin is releasing Cuckoo, which I am so excited for. Uh, but in her book, Manhunt, I just wanted to shout out the characters. Um, both uh, Indy is an incredible, uh, like, atypical mother. Um, but on top of that, uh, um, it's Beth and Fran, uh, the two uh, women at the center of that story, who mother each other in different ways and uh, in, like what's the word like opposing like like a balance you know, they create a balance exactly maybe? yeah yeah they mother as as needed sort of um and i love that book it's so metal and kind of like blood in the dance floor a little bloody a little gory yeah um we like metal stories uh Acts. even with our mothers and that's the point is mothers. that mothers can be in whatever story yeah these mothers. they are rock hard don't mess with the mother right but uh ice in the veins <laughs> can be um i wasn't gonna say i was gonna say one last thing that was so important um yeah so i wanted to just finish with saying like uh, mothers in literature can be many things i'm not saying that all mothers are either you know susie homemakers who make the best cakes and are always there when their children come home from school or ice maiden professional women who have a chat hard time raising their children there is obviously a lot of in between but we did identify those as kind of stereotypes and um and i think it's important to be aware of that and the way that it can color your vision when you're in the real world and we're as a mother that is not what any of us are we are so many different complicated and wonderful things so i just wanted to kind of wrap it up with that so shouts out to any mothers out there of any size, shape, or definition. We love you. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful. I'm so grateful for my mother and her mother before her. Of course, I... Wow, all right. She's so humble as well. Uh, you know, don't. You know, mothers, go out there. Be proud. Be unhumble because you deserve it. Yeah. So go out there, tell tales of, about with the mothers in your world um we celebrate you mothers and thank you goodbye until next time this is uh tales in our time <laughs>